This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. On Money FM 89.3, China Perspective with Tan Dong Wei, China Bureau Chief with The Straits Times. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. It is that time where we shift our focus to China. So China is still fresh from celebrating its uh, Chinese Communist Party 100th anniversary late last week. And at the event, Chinese President Xi Jinping mentioned plans to bring CCP back to its revolutionary roots. Why only now, is he saying, is uh, what's what's the need? What's the desire for him to do so right now? Big news this week. We saw at the end of last week, uh, one of the biggest uh, US. IPOs in the last decade being pulled off by Didi Chuxing, but they are now in trouble with Beijing. China's cyberspace regulator has ordered app stores to remove Didi Chuxing, announcing the ban over the weekend. How much trouble is this going to be for Didi, and what kind of impact will it be on the country's revenue? That's another question we're asking. Plus, countries whose population was most inoculated by China's Sinopharm and Sinovac vaccines are still seeing reports of huge numbers of COVID-19 cases. Questions being asked over the efficacy of the China-made vaccines. We're going to talk about these headlines and more with Tan Don Wei, China Bureau Chief at The Straits Times. Don, good morning. Thanks so much for helping us. Let's start off with the big one from last week. First uh, of July, China celebrating the 100th anniversary of the founding of CCP. Celebrations grand, as you would imagine. Uh, there was a mass rally uh, complete with uh, military flyover, plenty of flag-waving, patriotic songs. What was, I guess, probably the biggest highlight from the event? I mean, President Xi talked about plans to return the CCP to its revolutionary roots. What do you think was the reason for this plan? And, well, in terms of backfire, what's the potential there? Hi, good morning. I suppose the most important part of the celebration was the speech that President Xi Jinping delivered on Thursday morning. In his one-and-a-half-hour speech, he outlined the achievements of the Chinese Communist Party in transforming China from a messy, semi-colonial, feudalistic society into the world's second-largest economy. He paid tribute to the founders and revolutionary leaders of the party, such as Mao Zedong and Zhou Enlai, and he acknowledged the contributions of his predecessors, Deng Xiaoping, Jiang Zemin and Hu Jintao, in making economic reforms and opening up the country. He talked about how China has chosen to forge its own path based on Marxist principles but adapted to its own conditions and how that has served the country well over the past 100 years and how it will continue to serve the country well as the Communist Party leads it towards national rejuvenation by 2049. While the party has eradicated extreme poverty and vastly improved people's livelihoods and its political legitimacy is not under threat, Presidency is emphasizing the founding principles of the party for a number of reasons, such as to indoctrinate officials to put the focus back on the people rather than to enrich themselves, to curb corruption, waste and other excesses, to inculcate the values of struggle, resilience and self-reliance in younger Chinese as the country faces increasing pushback from the outside world, and also to placate the neo-Marxists within the party. But the party also runs the risk of going overboard with this indoctrination and emphasis on its power and control over the people. In China, you often see large red banners spotting slogans such as listen to the party, follow the party, be grateful to the party. And this campaign to force feed younger party officials sometimes 
quite abstract revolutionary principles about serving the people, sacrificing for the people, may not in the end resonate with them, given how far removed they are from that part of history. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. All right, Don, uh, let's talk about the big one this week, which is China's uh, cyberspace regulator ordering app stores to remove Didi Chu Singh. So that's a bit of a blow to the ride-hailing giant. And all that coming, you know, just days after they pulled off one of the biggest U.S. IPOs in the past decade. So the Cyberspace Administration of China announcing the ban on Sunday. They're citing serious violations on DD Global Inc.'s collection and usage of personal information. They didn't elaborate more. What went wrong for DD here? I mean, can the company expect some kind of an adverse impact on its revenue because of this? And in terms of consequence, what are we looking at? The CAC is going after right-hailing app DD for its collection of personal data, but it has not given specifics about what exactly DD has done wrong. But data security and regulation of data has become a top priority for the Chinese government as it views this as a national security issue. What kind of data would DD have? It would likely have amassed a huge volume of data on traffic, riders' identities, location of drivers and passengers, and it also records videos and voice on its vehicle cameras. And if all this information is not properly secured, the Chinese government worry that it might impact national security. Didi has said that in order to take down its app from app stores in China could affect its revenue. The company listed on the New York Stock Exchange about a week ago. But the takedown shouldn't affect Didi too much, as its footprint in China is already huge, and this ban will not affect existing users of the app. It is still unclear what the authorities will do to DD. It could be given a fine, but it will surely have to review how and what it collects and get in line with the rules. We're on a line this morning with Tan Don Wei, who is China Bureau Chief at the Straits Times. Don, let's switch tracks to another issue. We've got hospitals in Mongolia overwhelm Seychelles, more than 100 new COVID cases being reported each day. Chile has got a nationwide lockdown. That was lifted this week, but the country's still reporting thousands of daily cases. And these are countries that have each fully inoculated more than 50% of the populations because, and largely with the Chinese-made Sinopharm and Sinovac. But the number of COVID-19 cases still rampant in these countries. You've got questions over the efficacy of the Chinese-made vaccine. And that kind of jeopardizes the soft power win for Beijing. I mean, what are the implications here? And do the outbreaks in those countries not necessarily mean the shots have failed? What are you seeing? I think it's easy to look at the situation in these countries and then make a quick and easy assumption that Sinopharm and Sinovac are not working as well as they should or that they're failing. The public data we know of is that Sinopharm's efficacy rate is 79% while Sinovac is about 50%, and they are lower than the mRNA vaccines like Pfizer and Moderna, which have efficacy rates of more than 90%. But that doesn't mean that these vaccines that are made in China are not effective in preventing symptomatic COVID. And doctors have said that all vaccines have been approved so far, have been useful in preventing severe illness and death. In fact, 
Data from Chile and Seychelles seem to bear that out, as the majority of the critical cases in hospitals were people who had not been fully inoculated. But I think there is pressure on the Chinese companies to keep improving their vaccines, as experts have also said, given their performance, reaching herd immunity using these China-made vaccines in any community might be a challenge. Thanks so much for giving us that perspective, Tan Don Wei, China Bureau Chief at the Straits Times. The Asian Insider Podcast Channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Like us and rate us.